0: Welcome to Legends from the Fireside. Standing upon the shoulders of giants in this genre, Legends from the Fireside is a hybrid storytelling RPG podcast set within worlds of sword and sorcery. In our tales, the dice tell the fates of those worlds, for good and or for ill. No character is sacred, survival is not guaranteed. As storyteller and game master, I craft the narrative from these dice rules and create quests from this chaos, all without knowing what could happen next. Listener discretion is advised as we may explore dark corners of this genre. But, come now, for adventure awaits. Listen in to the Legends from the Fireside. Previously, in Legends from the Fireside. Our heroes arrived in the frontier town of Stormfair, Along their way, our party came across a small group of orcs. These orcs, though poor porcine and clearly ready for battle, were not your usual orcs. They spoke of a necromancer named Aramark, who seemed to not only lead these orcs, but he seemed to have taught them to read and trained them. The party enters Stormfair and immediately realize this forest town seems to be victim of some sort of trouble. After eavesdropping on a mother begging for help finding her daughter, the party enter the local tavern, and the barkeep warns them of the hag haunting the woods north of this town. Additionally, we catch up with the diabolical Salisbom and his associates as they seem to be keeping an eye out for the nobility and the mysterious, ravenous maw realizing through a twist of fate that the lord of the land himself fears this ravenous maw. Also important, we dove deeper into the Bevern Wood, providing more information on the geography, history, and inhabitants of this land. Chapter 17, Part 1, Day 45, Midday Party status: Morris, fourteen out of fourteen hit points. Teriad, eleven out of eleven hit points. Belgin, eight out of eight hit points. Kellum, eight out of eight hit points. Thedor, ten out of ten hit points. Spells prepared. Teriad has prepared light, 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 and. Cure Light Belgen has prepared Chromatic, Chromatic Ore. Ore and Phantasmas Force. Force. Force After hearing the chilling warning that the Barkeep gave them about their journeying into the Bevern Wood the party stood speechless for a moment hoping for the Barkeep to provide them with some sort of optimistic silver lining to this warning Picking up on the barkeep's tale of the forest to the north, a young man approaches the bar and says to them in a dramatic tone
1: I'm afraid he's not lying. The reign of the hag Figritha is old as the Shroud Mantle Mountains. Many children were raised on the ghastly tales of the hag and her evil. Those same children grew up and learned the truth of those tales.
0: As the party stood about, glancing at one another, the young man smiled and said,
1: Fortunately for you, legend has it that she can be killed if you pierce her heart. Hag is no fool, however. And you all seem capable of doing such a thing? I'm sure she'll keep her distance. But, if it is the case... He thinks you're no real threat. Well, I wish you all a swift and painless death. Kellum,
0: not enjoying being made to look cowardly, stopped the man from continuing further. He put his hand up and stated firmly, "We appreciate your warnings and advice, but I think we will all be okay." <laughs> Brushing Kellum's confidence off and chuckling to himself as he turned away. He stopped mid-stride and turned back to face the party.
1: I promise you that she will not spare you. Your best bet, if you cross her, is stand your ground and try to look intimidating or run. I don't know of anyone surviving a fight with that fiend. So, do without what you will.
0: The man then turned back around and walked back to the table he'd been seated at before. As the rest of the tavern began to go about their business again, the party faced one another. "'I will not have our quest deterred by these stories. I plan on continuing to Solon Hill, whether or not a hag lives in this forest,' Kellum said proudly. Morris nodded in agreement as Theodore and Belgen agreed with much less enthusiasm. Teriad then looked to his rough wooden staff and turned back to his companions, saying, Hemwal willing, our path will be protected. He lowered his head and closed his eyes. Hemwal lead us and give us strength, strength to continue our journey to its end. Morris, knowing Teriad the best out of all of them, had never seen him pray in this way. For the first time in a long time, Morris was worried that he didn't know how much danger he might be walking into. The party enjoyed the comforts of a hot meal and a warm bed, agreeing that they would be best off spending another day here in Stormfare, speaking with local hunters and trappers who might be able to help them on their travel. In the following day, The party will attempt to locate some directions, or even a map, to Solon Hill. I'll roll now on the oracle table to see if someone can help them out. I got... a 1. Yes, but... Alright, I think we can work with this. After throwing a handful of silver coins to the old trapper, the party secure a rough outline of the hunting trails in the area. but. These maps are of old trails, which may have been overgrown or have become dangerous now with goblins, orcs, or worse, afoot. After this day of scrounging for rumors and information, the only other information anyone was able to gather was that the mayor of Stormfare, Xandriel, was a bit of a scholar, and the captain of the guard had apparently made it known he had been seeking his position as the mayor not to be taken off their course by the squabblings of politicians and scholars, the party are reassured of their place in society as mercenaries and travelers. Dramatis Personae Terriad Hanleth The lordship of Pelhager has always stood out as a bit different from the rest defined by its majestic mountains to the east, the huge lake which has supported its people for centuries, and the forests framing the south and the west, the land reflected the people who called it home. Rugged, proud, and majestic, the people of Pelhagar act honorably. Honor is the lifeblood of the people of this land, and it has been honor that connected the people. Hobgoblins, giants, orcs, and others have called Pelhager home without much tension with the humans of the land, through their actions being true to their word. To behave dishonorably, breaking promises, and betraying the trust of those that rely on you is nothing short of blasphemy. Those that call Pellhager home are required as children to dedicate their youth to serving the lordship and training within its military. Although they likely never see combat in warfare, they are all instilled with a sense of duty and fealty. Of these youths, Teriad Hanelith was a devoted and brave young soldier. Coming from a family of wealthy vintners, Teriad had had an easy childhood before heading off to the military academy of Pelhager. In his studies, he excelled. In his training, he grew, and among his peers, was well liked. Although he had always been welcomed at the academy, Teriad had found himself dreaming of the adventures to be had beyond the walls of the keeps and the city walls of Pelhagar. Those tales and the recountings that he had found in those books within the library had fostered this desire to wander, and it would seem that Teriad wouldn't be satiated until he was without the trappings of a pampered life. Unfortunately, Teriad's escape from the academy was not well received. As a young man on the tail end of his time at the academy, everyone was excited to see his completion of his training. Instead, Teriad now found himself hungry, cold, and flea-ridden amongst a gang of highwaymen outside the city of Derendis. Their scheme was as old as the roads themselves. Being the best mannered and most well-spoken of the group, Tariad had been selected to draw in unsuspecting victims of the road. From the cold and wintry woods along the path, the group had dragged out a broken cart. Tariad was to wait for unguarded carriages traveling away from the city and beg them for assistance, offering an opportunity for the rest of his companions to leap out and do what they need to in order to secure their loot. Although the plan had worked in the past, they certainly were not living comfortably. The only thing that kept Teriad from questioning the morality of his actions was his own will to survive. Having abandoned his family and his training, he would never be welcomed home. And this may be the only life for him. As Teriad stood shivering, an old and wiry man walked down the path. Teriad swallowed his pride. He stepped out and he greeted the man. You there. Can you please help me?" The man approached slowly, grinning all the while. The smiling old man nodded to him and said,
1: "...Well, of course I would love to help, but I'm afraid I don't think I can help with that cart."
0: Teriad feigned a smile, considering the situation, and replied, "...My horse came uh, unbridled when my cart wheel broke off, and I've been stranded here for a couple of days, waiting for a kind stranger to help me. I'm afraid to leave my wares behind, but I... The old man interrupted
1: quietly. Why don't you ask those friends of yours to help you out? I beg your pardon? Teriad replied,
0: attempting to hide his surprise.
1: I think you heard me well enough,
0: the old man said with a slight smile. Teriad paused for a moment, fearing what may happen next. He then whispered to the kind old man, You ought to leave. You aren't safe on this road.
1: Nonsense. I never walk alone on these roads, and I'm safe wherever I roam
0: the old man said as he looked wistfully to the snow-dusted road ahead.
1: I'm afraid I've been walking these roads for a long time. While my old bones ache, I know when the time is right, Helmwall will show me the right way to my final rest.
0: Teriad looked at the man and followed his gaze to the road, before answering again. I warn you, They will not be kind, and I don't know that your god will protect you from them. The old man chuckled softly and said,
1: (laughs) My god, our god, I know that this is not the sort of place you belong, young man. If you wanted me dead and to take my coin, you would have already tried. I know you don't want to be here, and this is not what you dreamt of when you left home. How do you know me?
0: Tariad asked, realizing the man was maybe not what he seemed.
1: Oh, I don't know you. I simply know a lost soul looking out for their path here on the road. The
0: old man replied, looking back to Tariad.
1: I'm offering you a chance here to change what you've been doing and to find where you belong. They'll
0: kill us if they see me leaving with you. I can't go like this, Terry Ed said, somehow touched by the old traveler's words, as if they spoke to his very soul.
1: They'll do no such thing. Trust that Hemwall protects the traveler who believes,"
0: the old man said knowingly. Teriad had had no idea what the old man had been alluding to, but as he considered this fragile old man traveling the road unarmed and alone, he realized that this traveler may know something that he did not. As Teriad nodded, he stepped forward to join the old man on the road, and together, they began to walk to the west. From the bushes, the rest of the thieves burst forth with clubs and knives at the ready. The old man turned to them and planted his gnarly staff into the snow of the road and shut his eyes. Each of the thieves began to slow their pace as they charged towards this duo, until their burdened steps came to a complete and utter stop. All four of them appeared frozen in place. Teriad looked astonished, realizing his suspicion of the man's power to be validated. He trusted his intuition and followed the man onto the road. As he looked back and saw no one following them, he asked, Where are we headed to? Do you have somewhere to stay in Delagrad?" The old man smiled again and said,
1: I promise you... Wherever we go, we'll be protected. Hemwall always protects the traveller.
0: Chapter Seventeen Part Two, Day Forty Seven party status has not changed before the party leave to head north for Solon Hill they must decide whether to take the longer path along the river teal thistle to leader and then north to Solon Hill or if they will go straight through the forest to Solon Hill Callum Morris and Teriad believe that traveling through the forest would most likely be the best choice Assuming no major threats occur along the way. Belgen and Theodore agree to travel through the forest, taking the seemingly shorter route. The morning that the party leave is rather typical for this time of year. Being the middle of summer, the morning dew is dried by the warm summer rays by late morning. The sun peaks occasionally through the tree cover and the wildlife seem unbothered by the party's traversing of the wood. Seeing the beauty and tranquility of the Frontier's wilderness, it seemed to set the party at ease with all of the dangers they would heard of out here within the Bevarin Wood. I suppose now I ought to roll for a random encounter. Being that this is a forest, there is a 2 in 6 chance of running into something. Since this environment is a bit different from a generic forest, I'll be rolling on a random table I created for this area. Featuring monsters of the region, as well as the standard fare, for a temperate fantasy forest. I rolled... I got a 2. Which means we're going to run into something. I'll roll now for which time of day the encounter occurs in. Even, it's daytime. Odd, nighttime. I got... a 3. So, this happens during the night. Lastly, let's find out what we are running into. Hmm. I wasn't really anticipating this. I suppose with this much build up, it's only fair. I'll roll now for surprise. The party got a one. So they're going to be surprised. Encounter got a four. So they're not surprised. I'll roll the encounter distance now, which is 1d4 times 10 yards. I got a two. So we're gonna start at about 60 feet away from the party, and they're gonna have no idea they've been followed. I wish them the very best of luck here. At the end of the first day of travel, through the Bevern Wood on their way to Solon Hill, the party set up their camp and get a small fire going. All of the confidence they had felt while walking in the sun's light seemed to fade away when enveloped in the darkness. As Teriad poked and prodded at the fire, with Belgen and Theodore cleaning off some dishes, Kellum leapt up and looked into the woods outside of the camp. Everyone stopped what they were doing immediately, as if they'd all expected something to happen eventually. Morris broke the still by asking in a whisper, Kellum, what is it? Kellum stared into the darkness with a desperate look on his face, and replied without turning to the party, I thought I heard a woman laughing. The darkness seemed heavier now, as if it had gained a weight of its own, and with all of the party members looking into the woods surrounding their camp and clutching at their weapons. Morris tried to ease the tension by scoffing for a moment and saying, <laughs> I doubt there's anyone out there, Kellum. Please, let's let's just sit down. From the darkness where Kellum was staring, the sound of a branch snapping shattered any optimism that Morris had, and the party joined together in a tight formation before the fire and beside Kellum. Callum felt the hairs on the back of his neck stand up for a moment. As he sought a shape in the dark, he shouted out, Show yourself! Are you with the sorcerer, Aramark the Grey? We are friends of this land. I'll roll a reaction now. I got a seven. A woman's voice called back from the dark. You aren't afraid of the necromancer of the forest, are you? I hear some trembling in your voice. Kellum's face contorted at this insult, and he shouted back, I fear no man, and especially not a mage such as he. Why do you choose to taunt us from the darkness, young lady? Surely you must be far more afraid than I, With those orcs and that witch wandering about this mountain. For a moment, the party let the words hang in the air, before realizing just who it is that may be out there in the darkness, looking back at them. I'll roll another reaction check. I got a five. Oh no. A few girlish giggles rattle out from the darkness. <laughs> Maybe it is you who should fear the witch of this mountain. The party then understand that this voice may belong to none other than the witch herself. Morris musters what little courage he has left, and he shouts into the darkness, We do not wish to play these games with you. Understand that we outnumber you five to one and none of us are going down without a fight. Leave now and return to the wretched hollow from where you came. I'll roll one more reaction and I pray that this plan works out for the party. I got a four. All go silent in the forest. The men gather around the fire and begin to pull out their weapons and prepare themselves for whatever may happen next. Combat begins. Because of the surprise that the enemy has, they have used their surprise round to move towards the party, remaining unseen but much closer. Round 1. Initiative. The party got A four, and the enemy got a six. I'll take it a charitable interpretation of the men preparing their weapons to mean that Morris had his spear prepared to receive a charge. With inhuman speed, a putrid, gangly, and gangrenous woman, bolted from the darkness and into the camp before anyone could even register what was happening. This facsimile of female form had run into the camp with bestial claws and long, bony fingers reaching for Morris. Morris's spear pierced the hag's sagging and rubbery skin with a sickening noise, wounding her brutally for 10 points of damage. Unfortunately, none of the party even recognized this savage wound, as all eyes fell on the hag's grasping claws as they dig deep into his ribcage and his shoulder for nine points of damage each. As bones snapped within Morris's body, he screamed in maddening agony as his spear fell away from his hands and he felt limp in her grasping claws. Awestruck by this, Teriad immediately began praying to Hemwol for protection from evil and Belgin held up Alquod's ruby as he attempted to reflect the light of the fire at the hag to burn her with a chromatic orb. The hyper-focused beam of heat blisters the skin of the hag, Fagritha's face, as she swats a clawed hand at the beam, pulling the hand free from Maris as he moans in pain. While affected by this heat, she will face a minus two to her AC, her saves, and attacks for two rounds and, suffering, five points of damage. Thador bravely runs towards the hag and cracks her in the back with his staff for two points of damage. Kellum cries out for Maris as he sees the young warrior's eyes roll back into his head, unable to focus as he swings blindly at Fagritha with his broadsword, missing terribly. Round 2 Initiative The party, two. The hag, four. The hag having sustained that many wounds from these travelers in her domain realizes that she might not survive this encounter she decides to make a fighting retreat she drops morris to the ground lifelessly and glares at the men gathered around her she swipes a claw at Thedor and misses then swipes again at belgan raking his face for six points of damage just missing his throat by mere inches and snapping her tooth-ridden mouth at Kellum, catching him on his forearm for five points of damage, then jogging 20 feet away from the men back to the darkness. The party hold their position and stand around Morris as he lays motionless in a heap. Round three, initiative. The party, three. The hag, two. Kellum scoops up Mars' magical spear and prepares for another charge. Belgen and Thedor try shooting the hag in the back with their sling bullets, with Thador missing and Belgen's shot striking true for four points of damage. Teriad stands behind Kellum and prays for healing, giving him five points of HP. Fagritha does not return to fight the party. Instead. She cackles madly before running off into the darkness. The party stand over Morris and wait for any other tricks the hag may have for them. Though Terriet falls to his knees beside his companion. He reaches down and grabs Morris by his shoulders and turns him to face him. His eyes roll about lazily within his head orienting his gaze for just a moment to Terriad before closing again. Terriad shakes him to keep his attention, covering himself in the dying man's blood. Morris coughs, and his blood-stained tongue and teeth make clear to Terriad that his time is very short. Terriad I need you to help me. Morris choked up through coughing fits. Terriad slowly shook his head, realizing he was powerless to help his friend at this point. Morris, I can't. I... No, no. (coughs) Listen to me. There is a warehouse in Thedal where my things are. A note from my father, Delden. My father knew about something awful... (coughs) Awful! That would ruin this land Please go there Find the fence The the note (coughs) The black mask Teriad The black mask Teriad looked back down at his friend And nodded solemnly Memorizing the instructions His trembling and dying friend had just told him As Maris let out a final sighing breath Tariad began to cry as he clutched this hopeful and naive young man. I'm going to be very honest here about what it was like to lose Maris. Some people might think that a character for a solo play game, especially an old school one, will lack depth and meaning, and they'll be forgettable. But, I think those people are sorely mistaken. Morris certainly felt a lot like the lead character of the show, and in a lot of ways, he certainly was. I genuinely felt a twinge of lasting pain over his death, and perhaps it's because this project has followed his progress more than any other, or because I had to voice him using my near-natural voice, no less. But in any case, it has truly been an honor to have Morris as a member of the party, and he will be sorely missed. As always, thank you for listening to Legends from the Fireside. If you liked what you heard, consider leaving a rating and a review. I love reading those reviews, and I'll share them on the show as I receive them. Feel free to reach out at Legends from the Fireside on X, or email at LegendsFromTheFireside at gmail.com. I try to read every single email I get, and to reply to each of them. I would also like to thank the recent voice actors I have had on the show, each being a personal friend of mine. Anthony, having voiced Thedor, the Lord's agent, and many others, including Taryad's newest spiritual advisor. And Steph, having voiced Felia, and the mother who lost her daughter in Stormfare. If you would like to lend your voice or do a cross promo, DM me on X or email me. Be sure to come back soon and listen to more Legends from the Fireside.